Welcome to the Life in the Fasting Lane podcast with your host, Eve Mayer. Join Eve and her guests each week as they discuss how to live a healthier, longer, and more fulfilling life through fasting, keto, and low-carb feasting. Hello and welcome to the Life in the Fasting Lane podcast. Each week we are here to educate you, challenge you, encourage you along your journey with intermittent fasting, keto, and low-carb, whatever your flavor is, right? So you can check us out at FastingLane.com and on Twitter and Instagram at FastingLane. Our guest this week is Craig Emmerich, a fellow speaker alongside me at Low Carb Universe. Craig researches and looks at nutrition and biology from a systems perspective, so the dude is a lot smarter than I am, and I'm looking forward to that. Craig, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. So Craig, here's what I know about you, right? Okay. All right. You and your wife are the author of a best-selling book, Keto, The Complete Guide to Success on the Ketogenic Diet. Yep. including simplified science and no cook meal plans. And so guys, if you're looking for Craig, you can find him on Instagram, Craig underscore Emmerich, right? I got that right, Craig? Uh, correct. Okay. So I also do fasting and keto with my husband. Um, so I guess my first question, I love hearing when it's all about uh, couples that are doing these things together and have started like living this lifestyle together. I'd like to hear how that all started. Like who came home one day and was like, we should do this. And who was like, I'm all into it or I'm not up for it. How did that go? Yeah. So it's, it's quite an interesting story. It, it starts out with my wife, Maria, you know, she, uh, we're, we're a little different than most in this community in that she started on this journey about 20 years ago. Dang. So, um, you know, it was her own process of, you know, we met, uh, and she was still struggling with her weight, struggling with a lot of issues like IBS, acid reflux, uh, PC, PCOS, excess weight that she trying to get rid of. And she did everything she was told to do. She was eating healthy whole grains. She was eating low fat. She was exercising like crazy, got to the point where she was doing marathons and still not losing the weight, still not seeing the results, still had all these issues. And she went to college for uh, nutrition and exercise science. A lot of that was still same old food pyramid, do it this way. And she's like, there's got to be a better answer out there. This is not working for me. I'm doing all this. And so she just started to research on her own. And implementing things that she found in the books she was reading and the research she was reading uh, on into her own diet, and she started seeing these this progress, going lower in carb, focusing more on getting good animal proteins in the diet and healthy fats, and suddenly her PCOS started to reverse, her IBS went away, her acid reflux went away, she lost her excess weight, all while she stopped doing a lot of the marathon and running. She does her normal running, but not the, you know, longer, you know, marathon type runs. She saw all these improvements. And so everybody wanted to know what she did. And so she started uh, helping clients and other people, you know, probably 16, 17 years ago on this path as well and started writing books about it because people wanted to know what, you know, how, how she had reversed her health. Um, me, it took me a little bit longer, you know, it's probably like 14, 15 years ago that I started to come along because, you know, I brewed my own beer and, you know, I was really into 
these kind of uh, those kind of things, and it took me a little longer to convert. But really, it was just me seeing the re- the results myself slowly that brought me along, and her and seeing her, you know, endless energy, you know, th- not having that afternoon slump, you know, at work and all that, and so. I wanted some of that, and so I just started eating more and more and more this way until I was fully on board, like I said, maybe 15 years ago, and have been ever since, and our kids are now too, so we have a whole keto family. <laughs> That's really impressive. So you've been doing this for 14 or 15 years? Yep, yep, okay. keto. And so for those of you that are not watching video, I'll just give you a report on how Craig looks. He's super good looking and fit. So, you know, that is a good indicator right there. And I did see a video of Maria, and I think we're going to actually have her on the podcast coming up soon as well. And I'll tell you, Craig, I don't know if that's anything to do with it, but she's the only person I might say who might have better hair than me. So I was not too happy about that, but you know, I'll decide to like her anyway, but she's just gorgeous and she looks super fit. And when I see somebody like that, like I just always have this perception, which I understand is wrong. When I see a person who's fit, I'm like, oh, they've always been that way. They don't struggle with how they eat. They've had no health problems. Their life is perfect. Like they could never understand where I came from being 300 pounds. Like, but what you're telling me is she used to eat in a different way. She had issues. I also had PCOS and she found through her own research a a new way of living her life. So she, she did have struggles. She wasn't always perfect. Yeah, definitely. And you know, me, myself, I, I was lucky enough in those early stages to not have any issues. Wow, I had some digestive issues and stuff when I would have beer, gluten, and and you know it was just uh, I didn't really think too much about it. I did have excess weight. You know, I lost probably from my high about forty pounds. Nice. Um, Maria has lost probably close to fifty, sixty. You really? Know, from her that high point so in you know high school, she uh, you know she was, and that's that's a lot when you consider she's you know like five foot two. So yeah. You know, She's pretty small, um, but yeah, you know, it, it's it was her own process of finding what worked for her that started her on this journey twenty plus years ago. Okay, so you were telling me about your kids. We, my my husband and I, do intermittent fasting and low carb together, um, and he has never been significantly overweight. Like the most was like an extra 30 pounds, which to me, I'm like, you're not a pro. Like you have no idea. Um, <laughs> but he was always an athlete. And so it's something that he's really liked a lot. And, and I love that we can do it together. My daughter, I raised on eat breakfast as soon as you get up. Even if you're not hungry, you got to eat breakfast and get that metabolism yeah. rolling. Oh yeah, there's snacks at school. Of course you need cookies in the afternoon. Like absolutely. Yeah. Juice. Oh yes. Like juice is healthy. Let me give you orange juice. My daughter was sick all of the time. Respiratory issues, um, sinus infections, bronchitis. Yeah. He still gets sick but not nearly as often. I would say way, way less often. She's almost 13. I have one kid. And over this past year, because we've been doing this about two years, she just started watching us and being like, huh, you know what? I'm really not, I'm not hungry for breakfast. Is it okay if I just don't eat breakfast some days? And finally I learned that like, yeah, actually that's okay. If you don't want to eat breakfast, life will continue without you eating breakfast. And then we stopped having sugar in the house. We stopped having sweeteners in the house. We started upping the quality of grass finished beef and the quality of our organic vegetables. 
And she just began to watch us and see me get healthier. And she wanted that. So it just kind of happened. Tell me about how many kids do you have? How do you promote this? Like, what do they do? So we have two boys, Micah and Kai. They were adopted when they were one and two years old from Ethiopia. Um, And what, what you said is interesting. So sugar is really good at depressing the immune system. And, um, you know, we brought them home and immediately just started feeding them what we ate. You know, there's nothing that we ate that they couldn't eat. Yeah. You know, even, you know, hamburger or, you know, even, you know, do a pot roast and beef and, and puree it for Kai, who was, you know, one and a half years old and eating the pureed beef. Like, it's just food. And we just fed them real food, what we ate. And, you know, meat and vegetables. I, I, I don't, I, it's interesting, you know, you get people that, oh my gosh, your kids have been keto for eight years and they're, you know, nine and 10 years old. Like that's not heard of, but I look at it as we feed them meat and vegetables. When has that been some exotic diet that is somehow strange to, you know, kids like that's just food. Well, let me ask you this, Craig, like, what did you do? Did did they go to preschool? Did they, did they go to, we homeschool? homeschool? You homeschool them. Yeah. Okay. It's like a huge difference because I really wonder in this world of when my daughter goes to school and every Wednesday is snack day and it's always donuts. It's always donuts. Like it's never anything else. And every reward in math class is candy. And these are good people trying to do the right thing. But like every motivator for kids to me, it seems is give them snacks all the time and motivate them with sugar. It's so bad. It's, it's crazy. It makes her feel horrible. Yeah. And we have clients, I mean, we, we, you know, multiple clients many, many times where we help their kids that have ADHD, you know, on the autism spectrum and they end up on a whole new level of the autism spectrum. Yeah. All of these incredible improvements with these kids when they cut that out. And yet in the school, that's all they're feeding them. And we even, we've even had type one diabetic children who get an A on their test and get a bag of Skittles. It's like the the parent was like, are you trying to kill my child? Like this is a type one diabetic child and you're giving them a bag of sugar. Like this just, it's, it's insane how little our society understands about what the food does to these kids. So I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit. I'd like to, for you to talk to our listeners about the nutrition and biology from a systems perspective, you know, tell us a little bit more about what's going on in our bodies. So I think it's kind of interesting. And if you look around this community, you'll see a lot of people like me. There's a bunch of engineers that have come into this space because they look at things. I'll think a little differently. I have an electrical engineering degree. Uh, worked in electrical engineering for almost 20 years. Uh, but I look at things from what I, I would call a systems perspective. And that is you have a system and most systems are designed to do pretty much what they're supposed to do. And so if, if you have an output of that system, that's not right, that's not uh, functioning properly, you're going to go look back at the input and say, okay, what input got messed up to make my output wrong? And I think applying that to humans is very applicable because you look at things a little differently. You don't look at the body as, you know, a lot of healthcare today is, oh, it's just genetic. Your body's just screwing up. Take this pill to cover up the symptoms and you'll never fix the problem. 
Yeah. And it as let's look at the inputs. The body's probably trying to do the right thing, but the inputs are wrong. Inputs are very important, and that could be diet. That can be getting enough sunlight and vitamin D. That could be, you know, uh, time-restricted eating or eating the, w- the way the body's more designed to be eating, uh, not smoking, getting ac- exercise. You know, all of these things are inputs to the body. And it, when you get these inputs off, which so much of people today, that, that's their normal state is all these inputs are messed up. Yeah, you're going to have bad outputs. And so that if you go, back and, you go back and fix the inputs, the outputs are going to fix themselves. And, and the outputs, of course, are metabolic syndrome, you know, diabetes, cancer, PCOS, autoimmune problems. Those are all the outputs. You just got to go back and fix the inputs and you can fix the outputs. I and love I, that. That is like a really simple, linear <laughs> way of stating it, right? Like, well, that's kind of the engineering mind, I think, that yeah. looking at a problem. And, and that's why I think there's so many like Ivor Cummins, um, Dave Feldman, uh, you know, Marty Kendall, Tyler Cartwright, all these people are engineers. And they've come into this space and looking at it in this different way of fixing these problems. I didn't know they were. I, like, I, didn't, I never put that together. They were engineers, and then this is just the way of like fixing an issue. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what are you speaking about at Low Carb Universe in November? Because I'm going to get to meet you there. What are you talking about yes. there? Uh, I'm going to be talking about carnivore. Um, it's going to be uh, a case for carnivore. It's, it's a presentation I put together that pulls together a lot of research. We're actually writing a carnivore cookbook. Nice. And the first half of that book is going to be all the science and information behind a carnivore diet and our history and our evolution and ancestors. And I wrote the whole forward, the uh, front matter to that book. And I kind of took a lot of that knowledge and put it into this presentation. And the the case for carnivore is really saying, uh, you know, our bodies are primarily designed to process animal proteins. And it makes the case for that. And it also makes the case for something we call the carnivore autoimmune protocol, which is using carnivore as kind of the ultimate elimination diet to ferret out those problems that are causing autoimmune disorders, you know, those those food inputs that can cause autoimmune issues and other problems. And I've used that myself. I was diagnosed about a year and a half ago with chronic Lyme disease Mm. and been dealing dealing with the pain in my back and neck and stuff for uh, about six years uh, and finally figured it out about a year and a half ago. Well, during that time, also doing the research into this, I started going carnivore myself to help deal with my Lyme pain, and it yeah. has helped helped a lot with my pain. I'm so um, glad. So, yeah, so it, it's actually some of the first people to do carnivore as a diet. We're doing it for Lyme. Uh, like huh. uh, Charlene Anderson's been doing it for almost 20 years now for treating her chronic Lyme disease. Wow. And so it, it made sense. And so I'm going to be talking a lot about that at uh, Low Carb Universe. Well, I can't wait to see your speech. And I hope you and your wife will hang out with my husband and I and we can eat lots Absolutely. of good, yummy, low carb food. Oh, that's a great, I love that event. That is my favorite event. I'm so pumped. I've never been to Mallorca, so I'm all about it. I hear it's gorgeous. Okay, so you and your wife train keto coaches. What Uh does that mean? How do you do it? Like, what is that? Yeah, so it got, you know, Marie and I have been in this for a long time now, and we've gotten 
where we got a lot of books out there and we've helped thousands of clients and it, it's gotten to the point with keto's popularity going up in the last couple of years where we just can't keep up. And so we decided that, you know what, we want people out there that we know are doing keto the right way because there's a lot of bad ways to do keto. Yeah. There's a lot of ways where you can, I mean, you could, you could eat nothing but trans fat and you'd be keto, but yeah. it's not exactly healthy. And we've always, the whole uh, time through this process, we've always really had that primary focus of health. And so when you look at keto from a health perspective, it looks a little different than a lot of the keto groups that are out there. And it, it's more of a whole foods, kind of like a paleo subset kind yeah. of keto, that whole foods concept and all of that. Um, and so we wanted to have coaches we knew and trust. So we created our own program, which is these hundreds of videos and education on how to be a health coach and how to do it right, how to teach people to heal their bodies with this lifestyle. So if someone wants to work with a coach or even become a coach, where do they go? Where should they check this out? On our blog, mariamindbodyhealth.com, there's a Keto Certified Coaches tab. And you click on that and you see all the certified coaches all over the world. Okay, we'll add that link also to the site um, for the podcast. And so tell me about your experience or your thoughts on fasting or time-restricted eating. Is it part of uh, your plan? Do you do it? for yourself? Is it something you explore with your coaches? Because honestly, I started with low carb mm -hmm. and it changed my hunger patterns for the first time in my life ever. That was after 24 years of being obese, being 300 pounds, having three bariatric surgeries, trying every diet on earth. Mm -hmm. And in five weeks, low carb changed everything about how I felt. And it was through a friend who suggested the obesity code to me that I learned about intermittent fasting. So it was interesting. My journey started with low carb and then went to fasting. And now I use both. And that's the right solution for me. I'm a firm believer in people having as much information for options as they can get. And then finding what is the best choice for their body. Because I don't live in their body. I don't, I don't know how it feels. I don't know what it responds best to. This is just what's been best for me. So do you guys talk about fasting as part of keto or, or time restricted eating as, as part of this process as an option? Yes, definitely. We have a, a few things that we work with clients to do certain aspects of it. You know, Dr. Fung is, it's interesting how he points out their kind of concept is you first fast or time restrict eat, then kind of move into keto. For us, it's always been the opposite. You know, keto basically enables intermittent fasting to be, be easy. And so when, when uh, people start going keto, they'll just see that hunger go down. Just like you explained, the hunger goes down. Suddenly, they forget to eat breakfast, which was unimaginable before. You True. Know? And, and now they just forgot to eat because they weren't hungry. And it becomes natural to compress and maybe just eat two meals in, you know, six hours or eight hour window. And that's it. And it, so for us, it kind of goes the other way. We start people out on keto that enables them to intermittent fast. And, you know, intermittent fasting has, you know, as you know, lots of benefits to you. You're not uh, raising insulin all the time. You give your body more of that time where insulin's low, where you can burn your own body fat for fuel instead of using the fuel coming in. Uh, to the diet. Um, 
So there's a lot of great benefits there. We typically don't do many long-term fasts beyond 24 hours. We do have a lot, uh, some clients that one meal a day, basically 24-hour fast, works really well for them. Uh, some, it's more two meals. But we typically don't do less than that because uh, unless there's a chronic condition like cancer or something that may benefit from longer fasting, uh, we typically do a protein-sparing modified fast instead, which is basically mimics a lot of the uh, benefits of longer-term fasting without losing lean mass. So you basically just get a little enough protein to maintain and very little fat, very almost no carbs. And that enables the body to tap more body fat for fuel. And yeah, that is really good for breaking a stall or increasing weight loss. Interesting. Well, Dr. Fung and Megan Ramos and I have partnered to write a book and it's ah. Life in the Fasting Lane and it's coming out um, next year in 2020. So I'm super pumped about awesome. that because a lot of the things you talked about, like I felt frustrated about because I have definitely always been addicted to food and I've definitely always felt like, man, just like your wife, like you tried to do all these things people told you and you just kept failing and feeling yeah. like such a friggin' loser, right? Like, yeah. and I just really wanted to write a book backed by their science and medicine, but like to speak to people in just a real way. And it's yeah. kind of the things that you were just saying, like fasting is incredible and it's customizable to whatever health issue or situation you find yourself in. And yeah. so many people, I think, want to lose five pounds and have never really even considered that, you know, maybe if they just stopped having breakfast and didn't change anything else, they might lose five pounds. Or maybe if they ate less sugar, they might just lose five pounds. And then there's on the other spectrum, somebody who wants to lose 300 pounds. Yeah. And sometimes just 24 hour fast or just lowering carbs does it. So like I'm all for people doing the laziest amount possible in life to get the best result for whatever their health goal is. Like when yeah. I started this out, I just wanted to be hot. Like I just wanted to look good. And yeah. then I accidentally got healthy and I was like, what is happening? Like yeah. this is just kind of shocking. And it was just so interesting and intriguing to me. But I, I finally got to realize like the information I had wasn't the right information for me and it wasn't solving the problem for me and I didn't feel good and I was unhealthy and I was on medications and now I'm on nothing. I take nothing yeah. and I feel amazing. Um, so tell me a little bit about like with these coaches and these people that you lead and the, the people that you coach directly, what are like the top three problems that you see people have with keto and how do you solve them? Yeah. So, you know, that uh, echo, echoing off of what you said, we have seen over and over and over with clients that what draws them into this lifestyle to stick with it is the health benefits, you know, getting off medications, giving, seeing their autoimmune problems reverse all of these things that, you know, the, the weight loss is almost just like a side benefit to how good they feel. And I think that's the sticking uh, sticky part about keto it keeps people on it and keeps them wanting to stay keto because they feel so much better yes. and their health has improved so much. And that's what we focus on. Uh, again, focus on that whole foods kind of healthiest approach can really enable that even more. Um, but yeah, a lot, you know, the, the, as far as problems go, when you start, I mean, start coming from a sugar, you know, standard American diet world, it's not going to be easy at first. I mean, nope. you, you're going to, uh, essentially have carb withdrawals and you're going to see things like keto flu, which a lot of times can be mitigated with 
you know, getting proper electrolytes and water in the diet those first few days to maybe a week or so uh, to help keep that keto flu away, which a lot of times is dehydration, whether it's, you know, headaches, muscle cramps, those kind of things. Uh, because when you eat carbohydrates, you re retain a lot of water. Um, and when you stop eating those carbohydrates, your body releases water, but with that water goes electrolytes. And so you got to replenish. Um, so that's what uh, most of the probl problems, if you will, in the beginning are related to that. But after about four to six weeks, you'll start seeing your body really get better at burning fat for fuel. And that's when you start to see the energy go up. You see the you know, cravings go down and a lot of the benefits you see with this lifestyle. Yeah. I, I remember when I first started, I basically really didn't like anybody who was eating ice cream or cake by me because I felt super jealous of them, even if it was like a five-year-old child. I was like, eh. yeah. and like I went to dinner, like a business dinner two nights ago and everybody at the table had cake and whipped cream. And I was like, eh, whatever. Look. <laughs> It took me, it's been almost two years. Like I am a slow learner. It took me a long time to break the addiction. And it um, is an addiction. So it took I mean. forever. Like I have a friend who's more of an athlete and she wants to lose weight and she's just good at all of it. So like she started doing this in like a weekend. She's like, yeah, I don't really want it anymore. I was like, I really just don't like you anymore. <laughs> but I, I try to accept that everyone has their talents and shortcomings and mine are. Well, that's. You know, we deal with so many people like that, that yeah. that's why we look at this as a lifestyle. It's not a quick fix. It's not, not just because all the health benefits and everything else, but if, if I cannot tell you how many times we've had people that have been, you know, a year and a half, two years of keto and they decide, I'm just going to have that one muffin or that one cupcake. And it's six months off the wagon from that one cupcake. What do you it mean? It happens they all do that the time. Once and then for six months, they don't go back to keto? Yeah, the, the one cupcake, eating that one cupcake triggers them to eat it all. And then pretty soon, near six months later, and they're, you know, gain a bunch of weight back and they're just miserable. Okay, I'll be you honest. Know, I have had one cupcake or one muffin every once in a while. And it, I, sometimes I'll have like a day or two where it's tough to get back to it, but not, not longer than that. So you're saying I'm good at something? That well, no, I mean, I, well, yes, but I'm saying, you know, these people haven't cured their addiction yet. Nah, I got it. it. Triggered them to just go off and eat all the stuff. Again. Wow! And you know, it, it happens so often. It's it's you. It's really got to be treated like an addiction, and that's why, you know, when you're with this lifestyle, it's interesting how food pushers can still be okay for some reason in our society. Yeah. Like, if somebody's an alcoholic, you're not gonna say it's just one cocktail. It's not a big deal. But as soon as you tell somebody you're keto out come the muffins and it's like, come on, it's just one cupcake. It's just one cookie. It's just one. It's not going to kill you. But for a lot of people, it is like an addiction and has to be treated that way. Yep. I, I can totally feel it. Like I, I like tequila. I don't love it. Like a, a cupcake always looked way better to me than tequila. Yeah. So I, I feel their pain. All right. There's so many myths out there about how our body needs carbs. Yes. Debunk those myths, Craig. Take it away. You know, there's a lot of those myths, but there's also a lot of keto myths. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I would address is like bulletproof coffee. That's one that we have been trumpeting for a long time that, yeah. you know, if you look at bulletproof coffee and everybody, it seems like, I mean, it's like you're calling 
if, when you say don't drink bulletproof coffee, it's like you're calling somebody's kid ugly. I swear. It's like they, they will not let go of it. <laughs> uh, it's bulletproof coffee is just empty calories. It's, I mean, you can do it with good fats, but if you look at the nu- nutrient breakdown and we've done this on our blog, we have posts yeah. um, of bulletproof coffee, it can be 400 calories with almost zero vitamins and minerals. And if you compare I, that to eggs, that's like six eggs. Yeah. I'd rather with nutrients. I tried the bulletproof coffee one time. It made me feel super weird and kind of sick. And then I tried yeah. it with ghee in it one time and it tasted, I, I wasn't a fan. It tastes like movie popcorn. I know some people that yeah. swear by it and it's amazing for them. Um, but yeah, like for me personally, I'd rather have like a giant plate of eggs and cheese if I was going to exactly. eat that much for sure. Exactly. Like I said, you know, 400 calories and you drink it and it's gone or yeah. sit down and try to eat six eggs. Like you're probably going to be much more full off yeah. of the six eggs and I maybe not even be able to eat them all. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that's one that we uh, try to talk about a lot because it's so common and it's always, again, back to that healthiest way to do it. You're always, if you could give me two foods, I don't care what the foods are. If, you know, macros being equal, if one is loaded with nutrients, vitamins and minerals, and one is almost none, it's always going to be healthier to choose the one that's loaded with vitamins and minerals. Your body, that's one, another one of those inputs to your body that the body wants nutrients and wants vitamins. It wants the minerals to function properly. And that's why the standard American diet can be so dangerous in those processed foods because you've got a lot of calories and no nutrients. That's the problem with processed foods. You've processed out all the vitamins and minerals and your body's like, eat more because I don't have the vitamins I need. And I think it can be the same way with, you know, bulletproof coffee. Love it. All right. This was Craig Emmerich and Craig is going to tell us now where you can look him up and which of his books you should buy. Uh, so yeah, Maria Emmerich or Craig Emmerich on social media, typically uh, on Facebook, we got a, a page in a couple of groups. It's keto dash adapted for our page. And then we got a few groups. One's just called keto. Uh, one group is called keto carnivore, um, for carnivore stuff. And then another one is for Maria's the 30 day ketogenic cleanse. So it's a support group for that book entirely. Um, and then uh, MariaMindBodyHealth.com is our blog where there's tons of free information and recipes. And then Keto-Adapted.com is our support website where people can get support from us. Love it. Craig, thank you so much. I know you're sp- speaking in November in Mallorca at Low Carb Universe. What other speaking do you have coming up? Uh, next month, I will be down in Houston at Low Carb Houston. I'll be there um, too. I can't wait to awesome. see you. Yeah. Uh, N- Nadir Ali is puts that together. He's an absolute sweetheart. We love Nadir. And uh, yeah, it's a great event. A lot of good speakers. Perfect. Well, good. We will meet you then. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Craig, thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate it. Thank you. I will see you at Low Carb Houston. I'll see you at Low Carb Universe. And everybody else, thanks so much for being at the Life in the Fasting Lane podcast. You can get all the tips you need on fasting, keto, and low carb at fastinglane.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Fasting Lane. And until next time, to your health and hotness.